0: Welcome to Hidden Secrets to Leadership Success, the podcast that helps you be the leader you were meant to be. Our speakers are Hector McGahorn and Steve Royal, both experienced leaders in their own right. They will share with you more about their careers and background as our podcasts evolve. As you will hear, leadership is a fascinating subject with literally hundreds of definitions. But the purpose of these podcasts is simple for Hector and Steve they want you to be a better leader no matter where you are now what they have to share is vital to your future leadership success so let's jump in here are hector mcahern and steve royal well hello and welcome to hidden
1: secrets to leadership success the podcast that has only one purpose and that is to help you be a better leader Today we're going to focus on uh, one of the characteristics that we find most important for uh, leaders in all levels, and that is listening, being able to listen well with others. And we define listening uh, something like this. A good listener is a leader that pays attention to others' ideas and concerns and understands various points of view by making sure that they seek broad input. So has a lot of, a lot of elements there. So uh, we want to uh, talk a little bit more about about leadership and, le- and listening and just how well we think leaders do that, and what are some of the pitfalls and the uh, upsides. So Hector, what are you thinking about all of that?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I think about, Steve, is when I first started leading people, how well I thought I listened, only to discover that I didn't listen at all. (laughs) And one of the things that I think our audience wants to really understand is And I don't know if hearing is a good word to say that hearing is not the same as listening. I would agree. If you are going to impact people, you have to be able to listen to them. And what happened to me when I thought I was a listener was I was hearing things, but I pretty much decided what I wanted to say and in, in an interesting way, what I wanted to hear right, and right. expected to hear. And from there, it, it went into the whole issue of this is what I want to hear from you, and this is what I expect you to say to me, and this, of course, is my answer. <laughs> and so I have always felt, though, very, very strongly that one of the key issues to effective leadership is listening. And I don't know how you can be a good leader if you don't have the ability to listen. I, I couldn't agree more and I think
1: the uh, the issue that you're bringing up is just how do you listen to the people around you, the people that uh, that work with you and so forth in a way that encourages them to bring ideas to you and to uh, to bring those things up. But more importantly, I think, is to how do you communicate to them so they understand what you're trying to accomplish? If we go all the way back to one of our early episodes, we talked about vision. Well, if you're not listening to what their views are, then you're not going to be able to understand how the vision plays out in your organization. And so that listening component is, is critical. And one of the things that that we know from uh, all sorts of experiences is that listening in a way, and I think, you know, some people call it active listening or uh, reflective listening or that sort of thing, but listening with intent. So the intent is to understand not only the words that the person is saying to you, but what the intent that they are, are proposing to you, what they're they're saying about that. So for example, you know, if someone is talking to you and you're not responding at all. And you may think, well, that's why should I respond? I don't want to interrupt. I want to listen to them. But what they're really hoping for is some sort of response from you mm-hmm. that says uh, that you're actually seeking their input. So whether that's questioning or reflecting what they're saying or other ways of doing that, that listening component is, is critical to, to understanding what they're, they're doing. And to add one more layer to that is it also demonstrates for that person what they should be doing when they are listening to others, maybe listening to
2: you. So it has that that, that component to it. It does. and And when you say listening with intent, I also think when you are expected to listen, and I agree you need to listen with intent. But intent also implies impact. So if I listen to you, one of the things or one of my goals ought to be to, is to have the impact that is most effective for the purpose of my listening. And if you don't have impact, your intent doesn't matter. And I've seen that play out a whole lot, Steve, particularly as it relates to diversity, is this whole issue of what we used to say is, oh, my heart is in the right place. My heart was so in the right place. And I I worked very hard to work on my heart. But hard work is good when impact is equal. So my, my my heart is right. My intent was not to hurt you. Right. And I think in an earlier conversation, we, we may have talked about intent as it relates to our spouses. You're, you're sitting with your spouse and you're talking and trying to listen. And at the same time you're trying to listen, there is a great golf game on <laughs> and uh, you're trying to catch the game as well as listen to her when in fact your heart is in the right place but when you don't take the trash out when you promised <laughs> that is an issue of impact right. and in business it's not indifferent i know in business we we like to make it seem so different but people watch What effect, and we we say this often, we say, uh, walk the talk. Don't just talk about it, walk it out. And those things work together so much for me. And I've always thought that paying attention to my intentions as it relates to you, because I think that listening is a great way to show people that you value them. Absolutely. And you absolutely value what they have to say and that what they have to say is, in fact, important to you. Right.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it's one of those techniques, and it, it's very similar to some of the other things that we've talked about. But what sounds easy, we have ears, and you know we could hear other people say things. But what we're really trying to do with, Making this one of the characteristics of successful leadership is not only listening for intent, but also engaging that person so that they they feel respected or included or or just part of the team, regardless of how we how we look at that. So that's one of the things that I think successful leaders others really do well is they listen to to what the intent of that that process was. And that they encourage more of it. They—that's one of the things about this. These concepts between uh, active listening or, or reflective listening is you're encouraging people to continue that conversation, so that you're not just saying, "Tell me what the kind the of immediate content is," but you're actually using the. Uh, you know, you may have heard these terms, but using restatement. So if somebody gives you an idea, and you just restate what you heard back to them. And if it's right, they'll nod their head or tell you, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. But on the other hand, if it's not right, they'll tell you that too. They'll say, no, that's not exactly what I meant, Hector. It's it's this or that concept. Um, and so I think those are uh, the kinds of things that, that we're looking at. My my personal experience with not being listened to, and uh, I'm, I'm going to go past the spouse issue for a moment but not being listened to really hurt occurred many years ago when I was uh, in the Coast Guard and one of the fortunate things that I got to do when I was in the Coast Guard was to try to teach other people how to work on airplanes so that was a, a great opportunity for me but in the course of doing that I was the most junior person in that whole school it was a school that that taught other people how to work on airplanes and and being the most junior of there, there were also people who questioned why I was even there because I was so junior to the rest of the staff that, you know, they, they questioned that. So I had the experience of having really good ideas. This was a, an environment where you could experiment with you know, new, new or different ways of teaching and that sort of thing. But the senior people, and especially the, uh, the director of that school, just didn't really want to listen to what I had to say. And it was very frustrating because I was there because I qualified to be there. It wasn't like I sort of cheated my way into that environment. But when I would come up with an idea, especially an idea for one of the classes I was responsible for teaching, would I would come up with an idea and go to the senior folks. And no matter how good the idea was, they didn't want to listen. So it finally when they finally assigned me to a different class, and it was a class that none of the other people wanted to teach. I won't go into the details, but it was a class that not, nobody else wanted to teach. I was finally given sort of free reign because none of them really wanted to do that job anyway, so they weren't going to tell me not to do it whatever way I wanted to. So anyway, long story, uh, but I, I got into that, and by that time I was actually offering some new ideas, and the head of the school actually, came to me and said, you know you're you're finally doing a good job. but it was and I know that the staff that uh, we have or the people that we work with often feel that same uh, that same experience is they feel uh, that they're not being listened to, not being given the opportunity to voice their uh, their concerns. and the the really good leaders recognize that. now, the people that I, I mean I'll give all the fo- the Coast Guard folks uh, that I'm referring to a a pass on all of this because I was a little bit of an anomaly at sort of being there as a junior person in in this school that was very senior but in general, I think the point that I'm trying to make is that the more we as a leader listen to what our the people that we're leading have to say, the more inclusive they are in the outcomes of whatever we're trying to achieve and no matter whether they're the most junior like I was or the most senior the uh, the point is that the more you listen to them the more you engage them in that process the more successful you're going to be as uh, getting people to uh, to really participate
2: that's a great story and i you know one of the stories i remember about this whole idea and concept was When I was working for the psychiatrist that I worked for, one of the things that you had to do was listen, right? In other words, whoever your patient was, one of your critical jobs was to use language as a way to allow another person to share with you what they were experiencing. And that's one of the times that I learned very early that people love to be listened to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and I examine myself. I do too. I want I want to be heard. Right. I want to be heard, and I like that old saying that each of us has uh, two ears and one mouth. And the reality is, we ought to always try to talk less. Than we listen, but this issue of of uh, connecting is what I want to talk about. Right, is communication is great, but where you want communication to go is to a point of connecting with the person you are working with. And I, when I was working for the newspaper, so I'm changing jobs on yeah. you again. <laughs> I was working for the newspaper and. Steve, I found that I never had people not wanting to talk to me. Yeah. And you and I have talked about introversion versus extroversion, and I did not see myself as an extrovert. As a matter of fact, I actually saw myself as an introvert, which I am. But people enjoyed the opportunity to talk to me and tell me About themselves right and I think one of the things that made it matter is the whole issue of feeling respected right feeling significant feeling valued and for the work that leaders have to do before you set about a path of telling me what to do you need to start to generate an agreement with me that I actually am heard by you. Right. And somehow that gives you a connection. And it's unique, Steve, because we all connect differently. So even as you connect, it is not the same as my connecting to the same person. Right. Which means that you have your own relationship with that person which positions you to do things and direct them different from me because I have a different kind of connection. So all of this is so important as we think about this whole listening thing. Absolutely it is, Hector, and I, I appreciate your, uh, your, your talking
1: about that, that connectedness, and and that's really when you really sort of back out of this a little bit and you look at when we talk about being a good listener, what is the purpose of being a good listener from a leadership standpoint? What is, you know, what are you really trying to do? And what you're really, I think, what I would, do, would add to that is what you're really trying to do as a good listener is engage that person in such a way as we help them be the person they can be, the leader they can be or the uh, to, to be successful in their role, but we also can help them be a part of that team because we talked the other day about... Um, people who are sort of hold back and don't really participate in uh, in the group. But that's a person that, that's part of your team. You need to get them engaged in that. So some of that issue means that you have to reach out to them in a way that listens to what they've got to say and not assuming, I think like you were saying when you, we first started this conversation, not assuming that they're going to understand exactly like like you understand an issue. And so by listening to them, by talking, getting them engaged and talking, we, uh, we end up with a, a conversation that keeps them engaged. They understand the vision that you're trying to, uh, to work with. They know they're respected. They're part of the team. All those things happen when, when you are open to, to listening to what they have to say. Now, that brings up uh, another, uh, another dimension of this. Suppose what they've got to say is contrary to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So think about that for a minute. That suppose you you and the group are headed down a path that that you've all agreed to, and you're you know, you're sort of heading down that way. And one of your your folks says, well, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, Hector. You know, we were just talking about this. Where are we going? You know, and, and I don't think we ought to be headed this way. Or my experience says we shouldn't be headed that
2: way. How do you handle that? Well, I think." One way that you start to handle that is to help define a shared vision, right? So when I come in to talk to the people that work for me, I want to be able to establish with you very clearly the vision, which by the way, I think is shared, I think people ought to talk more about a shared vision rather than an individual vision. Right. And if you and I share a vision, regardless to your communication to me, your contrary communication to me, I should be able to get you back on track. Not so much by talking a whole lot, but by saying things like, so, Steve, do you think what you are suggesting gets us to the vision that we both agreed on or not. Right. Asking you point blank almost, does it get us where we have said we're going? And if you find, if you say, well, you know, I can't get it. Then I want to say to you, Steve, help me understand why. Why, yep. why? can't you get what I'm saying? And that gives you an opportunity not to be cut off, right? But it gives you an opportunity to say, "Well, listen, what you what you are after won't sell any widgets. We cannot sell this product the way you're going." Right. So, so you've you've opened up an opportunity for us to have a meaningful dialogue, which is very important because. I've, I'm having a dialogue with you. Is that's not uh, aggressive, or that does not necessarily hurt your feelings or anything? It is a dialogue that I think invites you to do what you said earlier, which is to share your thoughts and ideas about what we're where we're going. Right. So that's that's kind of what what's in oh, my mind. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think uh, I think you're we, we're on the same page with. With those sort of thoughts, I think the issue that that comes up for me is trying to keep the respect for each other, and it's uh, one of the uh, the concepts that we talked about. But keep that respect for each other. So listening and trying to pursue where each other is on those conversations is the critical component for a leader. And and I guess what I would say, or what goes almost unsaid, but I don't want to shut you down in having that conversation. The last thing I want to do is to tell you that, that A, you're wrong, and B, that this conversation is over. Mm-hmm. And, and I go back to my Coast Guard experience. That's a little bit of what was happening to me, that not only was I uh, junior, but they didn't, they didn't want to listen to the ideas that I had. Now, um, and, and so it was frustrating for me to be in that position, and I'm sure it's true for most junior people who come into an organization or into a team um, they want to contribute, but that they're not necessarily given the opportunity, unless they have the kind of good leader or excellent leader that we're talking about, who really takes the time to understand what their perspective is and mm-hmm. what they can bring to the bring to how we uh, approach
2: the the widgets or, or whatever we're talking about. Well, you know, in in the whole issue of connecting, I have learned a lot from church. Mm-hmm. And church, though you are committed to church in a way, it is in fact a volunteer organization. Right. And I like to think about listening as an opportunity for you to treat your employees as if they were volunteers. In a real way, they are. In a real way, they are. Exactly. They, they, exactly. And particularly in the environment we live in now. Right. But if I just beat and browbeat you into something, you are not going to have, you're not going to become that something. And at some point, you're just going to say, enough is enough. Right. But I do think if we think about, and, and you've re- you mentioned in times past the uh, golden rule yep. and that whole thing is, If we treat people, even in listening a certain way, you have the opportunity to build respect for them and to build significance and importance for them while connecting them to a bigger vision. Right. Which you also mentioned, I think, the whole issue of all of this contextually positions you to build a culture in which you have an environment where everybody is not only asked, but expected to share their views. Exactly. And, And that is so critical to me is having an organization where people just feel, and I've been in situations, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I came in really wanting and being expected to have an opinion that was my opinion. And knowing that I would have it and you wouldn't shut me down, you wouldn't turn me off, you wouldn't say anything derogatory about me, but you had the ability to bring me forward in a way that really, really made that difference. And because you've created that culture. Right. And I, I think that that whole
1: issue around culture is this whole this listening concern or listening characteristic that we're talking about is critical to that whole concept of the culture of the organization. Because the culture is not just what you as the leader tell people that you want to have in the culture, which is part of the, 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 the approach, but really is allows them to have, first of all, a questioning attitude about tell me more about what your vision is and so they want to they want to know more about that but then the other other part of that question is how do i as the new person or as the person in this group how do i fit into that? how do i because i maybe i have a couple of different ideas and so forth but how do i fit into the culture that you want to build with uh, within your organization mm-hmm. and so the only way i can really understand your point of view is by listening and giving you the, the courage, if you will, to, to really open up and, and talk about what you see. And maybe we're doing something that you don't think is the right approach. But if I don't give you the opportunity to talk about that in, in a protected sort of way, I'm going to miss you. First of all, you're, I'm going to miss your, your contribution. It's not going to be there. And quite frankly, I hired you for your contribution. So if I'm not getting it, it's not your fault. I'm not giving you the opportunity, the culture that says, raise your hand and tell me what you
2: think. No. So, Steve, as an emerging leader of an organization, I'm going to sit, set this up for you just okay. for you to think about it. If I am in a position between a senior leader and subordinate, mm-hmm. How should I act when I'm called upon to listen? For example, the, the, the organization says, you know, starting next week, guys, we are going to go this way. And you have a subordinate that says, yeah, <laughs> we've been that way before, and look what, it, what we ended up getting done. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So... How do you how do you handle a a a person in an organization or people who may be listening to us who are in the organization who are not at the level of what we would call absolute decision making but between them telling you what to do and subordinates giving and getting instructions on what to do. Right. How do how do you think about that?
1: Well, I I think that's that's a great question and and a, a great setup. I think the the issue that I would say is that for all of those first of all you start with all of the people that are uh, that that you're trying to influence about this new way that the organization is saying it's going to do things next week. So I have to get first of all a conversation going with them that says um that this is where we're going and they have to understand that. So that's part of that vision thing. We have to go back to that question about what the vision is and sort of communicating that. But then for those that are still reluctant to to move forward, and uh, you mentioned church, and I actually have a meeting coming up this Sunday where uh, the proposal that we made a couple of weeks ago is now going to be challenged by uh, the next group up. And so I, I'm sort of preparing myself for that. But One of the things that we've got to do is we've got to listen to that group we've got to listen to what their concerns are and so the first thing you have to do is sort of sit that person down and say i'm not going to try i'm not going to browbeat you i'm not going to say that uh, this this is the way i what i want to hear is why are you reluctant to do whatever the new new process is and one of the, the issues can be the person says we've tried this before we know it doesn't work so you, you look at ways of of saying oh, maybe this is a little bit different, or there's a different leadership team, or whatever the issue is. I mean, you you have to be able to deal with that. But the 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 just sort of keeping on on point here. Once you have that situation, you have to be able to open up your own self and say, Yes, I uh, I understand what you're saying. I understand that you've tried this before but maybe there's enough difference in what this approach is to the approach that you tried sometime in the past that we can we can we can actually make this work or more direct to that question is how would you change what we are what we're what's been talked about how would you change given your experience to make it more effective maybe there is a good idea there but again it's keeping the the, the listening to that person honoring the fact that they've got a a concern. I started to say legitimate concern. I don't know that, that you know that's you necessarily know, a requirement. It's a concern that they have about whatever you've proposed. I, I can't help but think in right in today's environment, people who say they don't want to get vaccinated. I don't understand that, but I would certainly sit down and say, tell me more about why you say that. Now, can I, can I change the world or make you change your opinion? Not necessarily. But I, I can listen to what you've got to say and and understand that you've got a point of view. It's legitimate, just not, not going off in a
2: different direction there. That's true, and a and vaccination point provides that leader in an organization with what I would call a teachable moment and as i start to teach you you have given me the opportunity to really ask questions so that you can get my point of view and oftentimes once people are convinced of a point of view they can go where they need to go so with that you say to me tell me what are your questions about that? What 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 is the problem with that? And that gives me an opportunity to teach you something in that moment. One of the things that that I, I work from for an organization that we did a a fairly good job of is we actually had to help supervisors out who are trying to aspire to go to a higher level. We had. Uh, uh, talking points. So the issue was, Steve, this is now your job. And you say to me, Hector, I appreciate your job, but the job you are asking me to do has absolutely nothing, in my opinion, with causing us to achieve where we're going. If we're making widgets for this and I'm putting some operational stuff together, I don't see how that has anything to do with the way we're going. So institutionally, talking points can really create an opportunity for employees in the organization to share the right information with the appropriate people. Right. So that's another thing I would, I would bring up is it's amazing to me that if you look at an organization, probably, and I don't, I'm curious your opinion on this, I think probably the top three layers in organization, one of their main jobs is around how well they communicate things. They don't do it. They aren't pushing anybody to do it. They are basically leading the organization and explaining how things are done. So I I believe that at that top tier, you got people whose job it is to think about strategically how things are positioned, not just as it relates to listening, but everything. Right. And then you got that group in the middle and i used to be in the middle by the way right yep and mm-hmm. wow it was tough i mean i i you know i got to go and tell the organization my organization that we're not going to do this and i don't know how many times you've seen situations in an organization that felt so much like And if you told me the truth, Steve, I think you'd admit this, that you said, can't they make up their minds? My God, we've had, we've been through this over and over and over again, and we've done the same thing. And here I am as a supervisor trying to come and tell you that (laughs) in a different way. So,
1: yeah. Well, I think that's you know, what, you've, what you've just identified and, and very eloquently actually is that that's really the conundrum that every mid-level leader faces, that they have enough power or influence to, to be in that role and to make some differences, make some decisions about their particular unit. But at the end of the day, they really are responsible for implementing what the top, three, the top tier says we're gonna do. And that's, the, and that's their job. Our, a part of this or all of this actually comes down to one thing that I think is important and that it, it is. And that is the relationship that you have developed over time with the people that you're working with. Those people that you are charged with directing or, or managing or leading. Their relationship with you and the amount of relationship building that you have spent your time and energy doing is
2: what's going to pay off in that situation. And does that go back to this whole thing that we have said pretty pretty frequently in organizations? People leave because of their bosses and not because of the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what you've just said is... The the degree to which I am connected to you individually really influence what I will choose to do or not. Right. That yeah, with, without question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just you know, and you were you were saying this, but people join companies and leave bosses, and mm-hmm. so that's you know, and, and 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 that's the, the the point that we're making is that. If you haven't got that relationship with the people and the people that that support you or that that work for you, if you haven't built a relationship with them, then you don't have the wherewithal when things like that issue you just raised, when the, the, the organization says, we're gonna turn right, and you need to get everybody on your team turning right. If you haven't got a relationship with them, you're, you know, you're going to have to revert to, you know, we're going to turn right. And the ones who turn right will have a job. The ones who don't turn right won't have a job. And that's not a leader. That's, you know, that, that's just uh, draconian sort of approaches to, to moving organizations, which you and I both say is not, uh, not the way to do it.
2: And what I would say on what you just said is you have made such a pertinent point with that. And I would say, and there will be some that will disagree with me, and I get that. But I would say that holds true whether you're working with a millennial or whether you're working with a Generation Xer or whether you're working with some other type form. It certainly applies to whether you're working with an African-American, whether you're working with a Latino. Whatever you're working with, the essence and the genius is your skill in relating to that person, right? Which which takes me to the whole thing as we as we probably need to end this. But as we think about this, relationships with team members is so important in how we get to where we want to go, right?
1: Yeah, and and I think when you you look at what we've been talking about in all of our podcasts up to this point, is that really is the underlying issue here? It's the the how how you have used the skills that you have and the the characteristics that we've been talking about to build a relationship with the people that have to execute, and how they view view that as a as an approach to whether I'm going to stay or go. I mean, that, that's the the, the the whole part of it and in today's environment there are a lot more people who feel that they can go and not uh, sacrifice their career when you know when you and i were coming along you just didn't jump from one job to another well people have changed that approach and so they have they have that accent and so it's even more important to have a relationship and i'll take one more little little detour here about talking about listening I worry a lot about the environment and the cultures of organizations who are going to decide that most of their staff or some large percentage of their staff can work remotely and not come into an office. And quite frankly, just to be perfectly blunt, I don't understand how any organization can build a culture when your people are only connected through a screen and and Zoom. So, this whole issue of rem- of building a relationship, I guess it can be done over Zoom, but my experience is not very positive in that way. What I would say
2: to that, Steve, is you are right. I think the question for us is, do we have a choice? Because I don't think we will ever go back the way we've done in the past. Well, I would agree with that, too. Yeah. And I think... The reason you ought to be listening to our podcast is the things that we are telling you are the things that causes you, in spite of the other things, to have a relationship with the person that is supervising you. And and the way you go about doing that is exactly... The thing that will prevent, I think, what you are afraid of. All right. So. Well, I, I, I wrote down on my notes for it because I wanted to bring this particular
1: topic up because it does relate to that whole relationship issue. And I do see that as a hybrid model. I think going forward, I think organizations are going, have found and are going to find that they can, a certain number of their folks can work remotely very effectively. We're, we've proven that but also the the culture build part of it i think the organizations are going to have to spend money and time to bring those groups together for meaningful interactions and then let them go back to their uh, their remote location a hybrid model where it's not always remote and it's not always in the office i think it's got to be a combination of that and not just a combination of oh by the way let's have a meeting but a combination very carefully thought out about what those uh, relationships are and how you uh,
2: you do that so and yeah. a conversation where the things we are talking about are developed right. skills are developed, skills are developed. Exactly. around listening skill Right. how do you, how do you how do you improve your ability to listen yeah. And really getting into that, I think, is so critical. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I started off by mentioning active
1: listening and reflective uh, questions and that sort of thing. And those are all skills that, that people, and you talked about your experience with the psychiatrist or the psychologist, the, uh, the ability to ask questions, ability to, to form those questions and get people to re- engage is all part of that process. And so it's not just, oh, by the way, let me sit down and talk to Hector but it's how do I sit down and talk to Hector in a way that is productive
2: and will yield some results. And one of the things I would say about that is working very hard to offer open-ended questions. Right. Questions beyond yes. Yes and no. No. But open-ended questions that allow you to express what's on your mind, and it's very, very important. So I think we have to be concerned about that. And really learn about what it takes to be a good listener, and examine yourself and find out, in all honesty, are you a good listener or not? Right, right, and <laughs> and how to make that work. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you very much for your, your time today. I've uh, enjoyed, as I always do, talking with you about these uh, these processes. And one of the things that I know is uh, critical for you and that is we hope that our listeners listen to the content of what we've got to say but also understand that the concepts that we've talked about could easily be mistaken for simplistic or something that's easy to do and what we're trying to say is no they're really not easy they're very complex issues
2: so that's that's what we're trying to do any last comments that you'd like to make the last comment I would like to make is your actions speak so loudly I cannot hear what you are saying. <laughs> I love that. So if you if you think about listening, regardless of how well you listen, your actions speak louder yeah. than even that. So oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hope you have a good evening and we'll talk soon.
0: That was great, guys. And thank you for listening. Please let us know how you like today's podcast and send us your thoughts to D.H. McCahern at the McCahern Group or S. Royal at actionpointpartners.com.